Hello. Hi. And welcome to the Tuesday night music show. It's just Jay and I tonight. Two for Tuesday this week, not three. Two for Tuesday. I thought maybe Sparky would show up. I thought maybe Art would show up in the studio, and he might yet. Art might, might pop in, but for now, it's just you and I, Jay. Just you and I. Yep. We're just going to have to chit-chat music. Yeah, we. I don't have my Robin, like Howard Stern, you know. No. Howie's kind of like my Robin. Yeah. He's sort of Freddish, but a little more Robin. A little more Robin. Yeah. yeah. That's how I would describe him. Yeah. It'd be nice if he was more Fred. That, that we, we could use a little more Fred sometimes. He does a pretty good job, though. Yes, yes. But it's okay. Yeah. The The engineering part of this job is hitting the record button, and I can handle that. Well, we so, there's a lot of music handled. news today with Cardi B quitting music and Justin Bieber quitting music and the Kardashians signing a multi-album plan with Universal Records. And I'm, I've heard none of this. Enlighten me. Of course me. not, because I just, I just brought it to the table. Okay. I just thought maybe we'd get extra ratings if I made stuff up. So you don't think so? Are you making stuff up? Yeah, yeah. I made all that up. Yeah, okay, because I did hear Gilbert Gottfried died today. I know. I saw that. Yeah. You know, 2022 has not been a good year to us, has it? Mm. Twenty. I mean, the last three years, we've we've lost a lot of people. Right. Comedians-wise, I mean, we just lost Norm. Now Gilbert. We just lost somebody else. Well, we, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Yeah. But I think there was a fourth. It'll come to me. There was somebody in the, in the not, not too distant past that we also lost right. that I thought was another comedian. Um, well, oh, Louis Anderson, JC is saying. It's Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson, that's it. JC is, is kind of being our Baba Booey tonight. Which is he's good. Doing, he's Googling for us, which is really helpful. We, we need that. Yeah. No, no, no. We need to uh, keep up on these things. So what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, should we talk about what we talked about yesterday? We could do that. We could talk a, little a little bit. bit. About that. Yeah, little I think bit. people like it. I mean, I like to talk about music and I like to talk <clears> about <throat> performance and kind of the artistry of what we do. But most people want to hear about gear and money. Right. So let's just give the people what they want tonight. Let's go straight to the money part. All right. Let's go to the money. What do you got for me in the money world? Well, I made a video yesterday, which I told you about that. You did. And yes, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, and and right you'll have hard. to Google me. I got to look uh, it up. Look it up. It's SBR, correct? That's Something right. like that. SBR. Yes. That I don't know. Something. But anyway, I decided I was raising my prices effective immediately. And I had reasons for it. I wasn't just arbitrarily doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Because some people will. They'll just say, well, I'm just going to raise my prices because I think I can get it. I'm not that dude. I well, like to. have a business plan. Right. You in your head know what you're doing. I think yeah. about 90% of the DJs I know in this industry, if you said to them, explain your price, they really couldn't. Right. Well, because I'm worth it. Well, you know, because they started reply. at a point, they looked around the street and said, what's everyone charging? $12.50. I guess that's the price I'm going to start charging. And yeah. then as time goes, they start to add into it. But Drax famously has said, write a business plan and explain, because mm -hmm. you can sell a genuine price for something if you know it's worth $3,000. Right. You can sell it. But if you're shooting from the hip with, you know what? I'm a charge. If, if the expression I'm going to charge comes out of your mouth as your guiding rule, then you haven't thought it out. Right. You, you don't you know, know why you're charging that. Maybe you should be charging <laughs> four. It's just an arbitrary number that's being picked out of thin air. Yeah. You it's important. It's important to know what market value is. I mean, it's important to know, you know, what people are paying for things. But I think it's also important to figure out what it's actually costing you to do business. That's the big thing. Yeah. You know, what do you have to make? You know, because we all have that number. If I called you up tonight and said, Hey, Brian, I've got a gig next Wednesday. It's um, three hours. It's in your town. It's two miles away from your house. It's very easy. Just bring a controller. It's a mellow thing. Can you do it for me for 150? I'm pretty positive. You'd say no, because you'd in your head go, it's going to take really five hours because even though it's only 20 minutes away, I have to get ready. Right. I have to load the truck, even though it's just a controller that I still have to use my stand. There's things that go into it, but we all have numbers. You know, yeah. I'm doing a gig next Friday, four hours at a bar, and it's not a profitable gig. And it's not profitable because I'm doing it for four hours for less than 100 an hour. Now, yeah. that's not to set a standard. But the value is 
I haven't played in a bar in like three years. Sure. It's a workout. It's a workout. It's yeah. just get out of my element, play something different. It's close by. If it was in San Diego, the answer would have been no. Yeah, but it's right. literally four miles from my house. You're not losing money on it. No, no, exactly. It's not right. something that I'm really going to walk away and say, "Wow, that was so." But you, yeah, you're you're not giving it away, but you're you're yeah. you're yeah. It's it's not going to change your life. Um, no. But I and have that's thresholds, cool. You know, like you go to the mechanics, yeah. they have a threshold, and it's on the wall. We don't have that. Workouts are important. I mean, I think I, so. I, I, I think they're great. I I need to do it sometime. I haven't done it in a long time, uh, just because. Well it's an energy level thing for me. If I feel like I've got the energy for it and the op right opportunity comes, sure. I'll do a workout, but you know, most of the time it's, it's <laughs> really, Hey, you know, I need to go out and, and, and do a job where I'm actually earning. And if I'm not, I've got other things I could be doing here, like uh, talking about uh, stuff that I don't know, like, like, like money and gear on YouTube. I could be doing that. Yeah. Would you do a gig for free because you wanted to do the gig? boy that that's tough that 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 depends you know i, I suppose how badly do i really want to do it uh, i want i want to do a gig and i'm going to probably go to this big club in san diego and try to sell myself and walk because i've looked at their flyers and they've had the same three djs in rotation mm. like this week it's djs abc next week it's djs bac next week it's djs cab like it's mm -hmm. the same people they just switch the names sure but it's a gothy dark wave club and I'm going to just go down and take a look and say, hey, I'd love to come in and spin for an hour or two. Yeah. Like in front of the other DJs. Sure. As, and again, as more of a workout, maybe give me a bar tab and a hundred bucks. Well, I mean, you think about Atlantic City. I mean, I did a set for what, 11 minutes before you came in and interrupted my set? Yes. Yeah. So I, I didn't get talent, paid for that 11 minutes. The, no. The talent, well, you know, I, I, that set was fun. I mean, I think I got eight thousand dollars, which is below my normal. Well, yeah, I, I got nothing for my my whole eleven minutes. So I, I will send fun. you. I will send you a couple bucks. <laughs> bad now. I didn't know. You know, I thought I, I suppose. That I, I suppose there are times like in Atlantic City when we were all hanging out at that place where I would go ahead and spend. But yeah. that was just kind of a recreational thing. There was no pressure. It was just a fun thing to do. But back I, to what I, I was. Think, yeah. But go back ahead, back was, to, the, to your... Yeah, back to what I was talking about, raising my prices. And and the reason I, I decided to raise my prices, a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, which uh, Steve Slick mentioned here in the chat, inflation. Everything's going up. Yeah. Cost of living, gas, everything's going up. So that that's just a small part of it, though. You know, that, that was just another reason to do it. In fact, I, I uh, mentioned... On social media just that i was raising my prices i didn't say why and somebody chimed in and said well is, if it's because of inflation are you going to lower your prices when this bounces back or gas is less expensive and and the answer that i have to that question is if this does indeed happen it might give me a little bit of negotiation room but i don't think that i'm gonna go ahead and just advertise that i'm lower if that makes any sense to you it does but at what point would the prices have to go down that you would look at things and say i'm now overcharging for my skill and talent because gas is a buck a gallon and milk is 50 cents <laughs> a gallon like sure i think inherently your price is is not only based your your raise might be based on other factors but it's still based on your skill talent and level that you bring if that right. doesn't go down, I don't think the price should. And I can tell you well, from experience, yeah. don't ever lower your price because you will chase it for 10 years to get back to it. Well, when I price things out, it's 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 a multi-level thing. It's not just one thing that determines my price. It's not right. just to get cost of gas or cost of living. One thing that kind of came to my attention was, you know, I'm not making amateur mistakes. And that might sound funny to some of you. But, you know, what are the amateur mistakes? Playing sets too long where they get boring and people get bored. Uh, I don't know. Poor sound, light shining in people's eyes, not saying the right things on the microphone, not playing to the audience, just amateur stuff. The, the reason that 
I was thinking about this is because my friend Art brought it to my attention that there are people in my market that charge what I do or more who make amateur mistakes. And that got me thinking, well, wait a minute. If they're charging just as much or more than I am, how come I'm charging what I'm charging? Well, I'm better again, than that. You are, but see, this is the variable in the DJ industry that will never be fixed because we're not licensed or certified or anything else. And I firmly believe, I've talked to DJs that have been in the game for four or five years, and they call me with questions about their gear, about how to use it, how I would handle this wedding, how I would handle that event. And then I go on Facebook and see they're charging twice what I charge. Yeah. And it's a little disheartening to think, if you <laughs> Wait a minute, know, what did I do? Yeah. Like, yeah, how... But, you know, there's, there's things you, that are out of your control, the markets. I know some amazing DJs who don't charge very much. Yeah, well, me then too. I know, and then I know some genuinely not amazing DJs who genuinely are not good on much of anything on any level, but they're friends with someone or they roadied for someone. They break off, they start their own company. <clears throat> Excuse me, they have a full-time day job. They dump 30 grand into their gear and van and everything else. And then they look around and go, well, I'm as good as DJ ABC. He charges 2,500. That's where I'm going to start. Right. And as you, you and I said, I think before we went on air, without a business plan, it's difficult to justify what you're charging. Because if you genuinely knew what you had to charge, you could sell it much easier than making up a number out of thin freaking air. Right. Well, b back to that business plan thing. I've kind of strayed away from that. I'll just run this down really quick. Uh, so part of it is... Yeah, out-of-pocket expenses, you know, that that's fuel, that's, you know, whatever, tolls, whatever you got to pay. That might be music downloads that you have to make per gig, like, you know, yeah, an average. Insurance. What they, no, that, that that's different. I'm talking about out-of-pocket per gig. Oh, per gig, uh, okay. Yeah, per gig. So, you know, if I have to pay for parking, that's unique to that event, if that makes sense to you. Yes. So I figure out what, like, the average out-of-pocket expenses are per gig, and I add that to my price. Then I think about annual expenses. That's the insurance. Right. That's the, the, you know, a lot of things. That's even the music service. That's tons of stuff uh, that, that you have to shell out all the time. You know, right. uh, that, that's your phone. That's your internet. That's all that stuff. Figure out what that's costing you per year for your business. Divide that by how many gigs you feel like you do every year and charge that. Add that to your price. The other part is gear rental. So I do that on a 20 gig plan. So let's say that I buy a set of speakers for two grand, right? Let's figure that those speakers are going to last me at least 20 events without having to replace them. And that's ridiculous. If we buy good speakers, they should last as longer than that, but that's my rental plan. So I take those 20 gigs and I divide it by uh, how much, money i actually spent on these speakers and and that's that's a little bit of money that i got to put into every event so i've come down to i i charge 10 percent of my total gear cost i build that into my pricing so let's say that i have five thousand dollars worth of equipment 10 percent of that would be five hundred dollars right i add that to the price so i've got out-of-pocket expenses annual expenses gear rental, and then I have to pay myself. So I've argued on my videos, and it's just my philosophy on this, that I understand a lot of people don't want to charge a lot or live in an area that doesn't you know, command a lot of dough for events. But I've argued that you should at least make sure that you're not paying to work. At least make sure, even if you don't want to pay yourself, fine. At least pay your expenses. I mean, at minimum, pay your expenses. Right. Now, if you don't value yourself, to charge X amount of dollars for the performance you do, that's fine. But at least make sure that you're doing this. And then anything over and above that, that's money you're paying yourself. Right. So that's my business plan. So back to what I was talking about, why I'm raising my prices. One is that there are people out there less talented than myself who are commanding what I get or more. Two, cost of living. Three, and this was the main one that really got me thinking about raising my prices. And it was a wedding uh, ceremony that I was at. 
Now, and this is very fair to say, more than 50% of the wedding ceremonies that I do have first-time officiants at these events. It's a trend here. I don't know. Are you seeing that where you live? Um, 99% of the people that, that I do weddings for, it's a buddy, it's a friend, and I spend, and I tell them, I'm going to spend about 15 minutes with them before the ceremony <clears throat> just to go through the pitfalls. Mm-hmm. And I even have them make notes on their paper or iPad Put this in red. Right. Please take your seats. No, that is. Please sit down. Right. Yeah. Because they'll Don't forget to tell people to be seated. Because otherwise they're going to stand there. Oh, I don't have that in my notes. I'm like, oh, when they come out and they're all standing, you're going to launch right into the ceremony. Yeah. And you'll never say it. See, we know this stuff and they don't. Now, you're not doing this at a rehearsal. You're doing this right before the event. Yeah. And you're used to doing it that way. Right. How many DJs do you know would take the time to do that? Who have the experience and knowledge to do what you do before an event like that with no rehearsal, diving right. first time? I don't, I don't think it's that they wouldn't know to do it. I think a lot of DJs wouldn't bother to care. And my logic has yeah. always been, I don't want to win over the bride and groom. I'd like to win over everyone because everyone right. talks to the bride and groom. And if the ceremony goes well, and it usually happens about 98% of the time, the bride will come over at some point and say, thank you so much for talking to Brian before the ceremony. He said, you gave him some really good tips and we thought it went so beautifully well. And they'll come yeah. over and give me the big handshake and the hug right. and thank me because I'm trying to make them look good. But I'm also trying, and I tell everyone, I only have one goal. The goal is that the couple's happy. My goal is their goal. I want them mm-hmm. to have a great time. And if I know what could go wrong, I gain no satisfaction in watching an, you know, first time dude screw things up and then afterwards go should i hire a regular pastor no you help everyone at the event get yeah. through the event and win we're all there to, as a team vendors are there to help each other come out at the end of this event looking good it's like when the toast comes up i don't eat at my events i haven't eaten at an event in probably 18 years i'm walking around i'm doing something with the music i'm changing lights whatever but before I do the toast, it's in my head. You know what I do? I go find the photographer and the videographer. Yeah. And say, guys, I'm doing the toast now. Just so now, you know, say, come back hey, in from your break. Yeah. If they say, we'll be done eating in 10 minutes, I'll usually say, that's not going to work for them. So if you guys want to capture this, I really suggest you come in in about five minutes because that's when I'm going to introduce the toast. Yeah. yeah, I've had to pull people out of cars on their phone and all kinds of stuff. I don't, I don't want to hear the next day when the bride gets the text or phone call or email to me going, wow, everything went great last night, Jay, but I talked to the photographer today and they said that you, you like purposely didn't get them to come take the photos. Cause you know, yeah. other vendors will throw vendors under the bus. Yeah. Anybody watching this, I mean, I'm not suggesting that no one can do this. What I am suggesting is if you're making amateur mistakes, like blinding people with lights, you don't know how to run a damn sound system. You don't know how to say the right thing on the microphone. You're, you're basically not a, competent dj yet in my opinion uh you know what i'm better than that and if you're commanding this price i need to at least command this price or more i mean i need to be above that can you explain your price to yourself and justify it Uh, i think that's a good rule of thumb like if you're a new dj and you're charging two or three thousand dollars to do a wedding and you've only done 30 or 40 weddings in your lifetime you've only been a dj professionally for two years, three years, just explain to me and in, in how just justify why. And if yeah. the first thing out of your mouth is because the market or because this guy or because I'm really worth not, it or no, yeah. you might be worth twice what you're charging. Yeah, but if you if you value it against the market, you're not valuing you. You're valuing the market. I had a coordinator two right. weeks ago. She goes, I'm really excited today. I'm like, yeah, this will be a fun wedding. She goes, I heard a lot about you and this and that. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. She goes do you do this full time? I said, yeah. I said, I think I have like 50 weddings this year so far booked. Oh my gosh. I only do two a month. That's my limit. I'm like, Oh, good for you. You know, I've got kids, this and that, and I can feel what's coming next. I knew this was coming. And she goes, yeah, this is my third wedding. And you know where it showed? We agreed that when the officiant said on the mic, folks, this is an unplugged ceremony. Please don't take any photos. Don't get in the aisle, no iPads, no phones. You'll be able to see all the photos. He would look at me and I would hit play 
on the processional for the groom, the wedding party, everyone but the bride. I hit play and I can see across the way and there's the coordinator vaping with the groom, hanging out laughing and I have to physically go around everybody to her and mm. say, what, why aren't they walking? Oh, are they supposed to? I'm like, you told right. me that when the processional starts right after the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And Probably. it was like that for the rest of the night. There was about nine rookie mistakes that got made. That's, yeah. So long story short here, I'm, I had this epiphany. I decided this is what I needed to do. I needed to up these prices. By the time the video was uploaded, I was on a call to a client and I raised my prices. And I'm not going to tell you what I was charging before. And I'm not going to tell you what I charge these clients because we've talked about this. I'm not sure how honest a lot of DJs are about what they charge. They like to talk about what they charge, but it's there's no proof. You make it. It's fake it till you make it. And that's great that you can do that for your own uh, ed or whatever you well, want yeah, to call it. If you hear it come out of your mouth enough, you start to try to believe that. And then you ask for that. I understand what you're saying, and I and I understand your 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 place with this. My concern is uh, DJ Mikey Mike hears this and says, "Well, what, what's wrong with me? I can't charge that." And he tries to in his market, which is very different than your market, and he can't get it. And he feels I don't know. I don't want to do that to anybody. No, no, no. And I and I understand that, but I would also dare say, and I've used this example before. Every market that there's a DJ, somebody owns a Cadillac Escalade. Somebody yeah. owns a multi-million dollar house. Somebody mm -hmm. understands the value of things that are expensive. Mm -hmm. DJs can oftentimes be no different. Right. There's probably a lawyer in that town that's making $1,000 an hour versus the average lawyer is making one fifty. Well, so the point is, if you're willing to just focus on going to, don't ever let your market drag you be the either either go with the market or be the be the market no, be the well leader. okay now, now we're getting into something different what, what i'm yeah you're right all, you're right all i'm saying is i don't want to talk about what i charged before and what i'm charging now simply because there's so many factors involved sure and i don't want anybody to feel inferior I and that. i also don't want anybody to chime in and say well i charge eight times that much at this and i do this and this Right. Because we have no proof that they do it because, quite frankly, they're probably full of shit. Well, and a lot of websites. They're faking it until they make it at right. your expense and not on my time. Right. You guys do that on your own videos, no. but and not on and mine. And I, I deal with this at shows and on forums and on like yeah. every, every day I talk to somebody. At some point in my life, it comes up. And I'm the first to say the Southern California market where I am is very competitive. And, and it's yeah. very tight. And I know what the big guys are making. And no one's making the money that people lead you to believe they're making on the top. But right. I also know people in other states who are making numbers that just blow my mind. I'm like, how yeah. are you getting that? And they all say the same thing. That's the going rate out here, Jay. That's what we make in the Midwest and the Northeast and the yeah. Southwest. And they look at me and go, you're near LA and San Diego. You must be, I had a DJ say to me, what do you, what do you charge like five, $6,000 in your market? I'm like, no one charges five or $6,000 in my market. No one gets it. No one charges it. I said, unless you're doing a three-day event, I don't think anyone's getting those numbers. Yeah. They may say it, but they're not getting it. So to your point, I think this like, the, the variables just become- Oh, it's people crazy. People just focus on their company. Well, don't you compare know- compare yourself to A, yeah. B, and C. Just be you. Right. Because you're the, no, true. by the way, you're the only one you are. So if a yeah. client, if you don't explain the value of you, if you don't get a client to understand they're buying you, mm -hmm. and that's the big thing. I mean, every meeting, every email, everything is the first thing of fee and standards is you are hiring me as your DJ, not someone else. Right. No, no. And that's, that yeah, becomes a course. separator. And then it's, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I have done. And this is what you're getting. The bride's mother came up to me the other night and said, are you Jay? I'm like, yes. Yeah. She goes, my daughter says you're one of the best DJs out there. You opened up for Pitbull. And I'm like, I played at the same night that Pitbull played. So technically, 
Yes, I did. I was the first DJ of three. Pitbull was the headliner. Yeah. And she goes, where was it? I said, it was at the Playboy Mansion. Hugh Hefner was still alive. That's all I needed to say. (laughs) So the mother at the end of the night came up to me. She goes, man, this was the best event I've ever been to. I've never danced so much. I'm like, great. Now, maybe it was in her head that she'd have a great time, and she did. That doesn't matter to me. All I know is the perception was reality. Perceived value was important. I could have been on the mic going like, hey, I want to welcome uh, Cheryl and, oh, sorry, guys, Zoe. And, like, you know, but I think every wedding and every event, you should strive to be better than the last one. Because I'm sure this happens to you, Brian. I know for a fact it does. I have four events this year where I did their friend's wedding or their sister's wedding or their brother's wedding a year, two, three, four years ago. You really think I want them to walk in and see the same performance, the same music, the same everything? No, I want it to seem better, but not so much better that they go, man, he kind of sucked at our wedding compared to who he is today. But I think there should be a sense of growth. Let me me just get this out. This is kind of like when you're watching the news and they say, we're going to give you the weather in 10 minutes because I've been trying to tell these people something and we can go in somewhere else. It's okay. It's okay. Let me, let me just get this out. So that's why I'm not telling you how much I charged, but I had that sales call and I charge 40% more than I normally do. Yep. And I feel like I left money on the table. Because they said yes so fast. They jumped on it so fast. Yeah. And and I was going with a business plan. I was thinking about, you know, okay, this, I need to go up 10%. This, I should probably go up 30% with. And I ended up with about a 40% average increase. And it was all in the business plan. And it wasn't a number out of thin air. It was a real number. I had reasons that I was charging that number. And I right. was comfortable with it. And I was definitely taking care of myself. Right. But I wasn't robbing anybody at that number. And they jumped on it. Right. So it worked out. Well, that was, cool. an, that, that, by the way, that used to be a thing back in the early 2000s. It was a thing to just ask for more money. It yeah. Was a thing. You know, the, the only thing was if you're, you know, <coughs> what's your booking rate? Oh, I book like eight out of 10 weddings. Then you're not charging enough. That was, an, that was a well thought and well adhered to lesson of economics in the wedding and DJ industry. Yeah. If you're booking everything that comes your way, you're not charging enough. And I kind of never understood that. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. Like, how do I know what to charge then? Like, what's the magic number? Yeah. Well, you keep raising it. Sure. Well, at what point do you, you know, and, and this sounds terrible to say, but I think there's a cap. Some DJs don't believe there's a cap. I do. I think there isn't, and I won't give that number, but there is a number in my head that I would have a very tough time explaining away. And I think that's the biggest part of sales. And you did sales more than I have, Brian. If you don't genuinely believe what you're saying, it's near impossible to sell somebody on it. Yeah. I've, I, like if you sell yourself as the end all be all and you're honest and truthful and you back it all up and then you give a number that you believe in in your heart, I think you, they'll buy it every time. But uh, if, 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 game, if, if you actually deliver. And that's that, no, no, no. That's problem. my point. It's yeah. got to be beforehand. You've got to get them to understand everything out of your mouth is factual. Yeah. And you are going to deliver this. You Otherwise, can't. The market, then you know what you do? You have a no, whole new business model. I'll tell you what. This is my price. It's $4,000. But you don't pay me till the end of the night. If you think oh, I yeah. did more, pay me more. If you think I did well, less, pay me less well we we right i I have several thoughts on this what we used to do when i used to work at the multi-op the way they did it was they figured out what it would cost us to go out and do the event what it cost to pay us whatever was left that was the profit that the company made what they felt like the market was that's what they could make and whatever and the other thing that we had way back then and i've done it uh i try not to do it anymore because it's just has blown up in my face a couple times but we've told people, look, you pay us at the end of the night, okay? So if you didn't like it, you don't got to pay. If it's that bad, you don't pay. You pay us at the end of the night. So that's kind of your guarantee right there. Well, that's something you don't do anymore because that gets ugly. Gets super um, ugly. But that's what they used to do back then. Right. Uh, what I think people need to be really careful about 
with sales. And, and this is something that may not have maybe the highest grossing salesperson, but I slept at night very well. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. No, the exact opposite. Don't don't tell them this is going to be like Mardi Gras and you barely deliver the the church carnival on a rainy weekend. You got to be able to go in there and and be honest about what you do without, you know, bringing yourself down. But you know, oh it was going to be the most amazing thing you ever saw. No, I, I don't say things like that. I can't I've never say promised like a dance floor. I've never once said I'll pack the dance floor. Not once. Yeah, I've even yeah. told clients repeatedly, you know the beauty of weddings to me as a DJ? Dancing is icing on the cake. If right. you're a group that didn't come to dance, and it's yeah. 50% guys who, unless they're wasted, aren't going to dance, mm. if they get excited by the music choices, and, and here's the truth couple that I'm talking to, I've probably been hired eight or nine times by people that said, we were at a wedding you DJed a few weeks ago. We want to hire you. Oh, great. Um, you know, what's going on? This and that. You know, um, did you guys come up and I'm sorry if I met you that night and I don't remember. No, no, no. The very end of the night, I'm the guy that came by and got the card and said, good job. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. He goes, by the way, we didn't dance. I'm not a dancer. Mm, right. My fiance is not a dancer. But you know what? We didn't leave early either because the mixes were cool. Yeah. It wasn't too loud. All these things that you try to impress upon people. Uh. Like, in the meeting, it won't be so loud. Your mother can't talk to your grandmother because I guarantee one of them said something before they hire a DJ. <laughs> I hope it's not yeah. too loud, you know, and that's part of the delivering process. And that's not putting you down. That's letting them know that you're a professional who has experience and understands the logistics of a great time. And a great time is not too loud. Don't segue on me. I got a thought. I'm Don't not. segue. Still, Stop. Still talking. Cool. Okay. So you had mentioned you, you know, somebody, you know, the grandmother saying, I hope it's not too loud. When I was younger, I thought that that was kind of a, a snarly statement towards new music or just, you know, having fun. And I didn't understand what it meant. I understand what it means now. It literally means too loud to speak. So Jay and I both have the same philosophies on this. And that is the music should be good and hot on the dance floor where everybody can hear it clearly. It sounds good yep. and everybody can dance and have fun, but anywhere off the dance floor, 10 feet away, they should talk. People should be able to have conversations without screaming at each other. This might sound ridiculous to some of you. Some of you, ah, oh, I don't do that. I use these big giant sound systems. Hey, do you do you all day? But with this particular philosophy, we're able to, not tire people out. People get tired when they got to scream at each other. It's exhausting. Not to mention tinnitus and things like that, but it's exhausting to scream at each other. And when you're tired, what do you do? You leave. If you can't hear somebody and you have to have a conversation, what do you do? You leave the room. I want them in the room having the conversations. I don't want them getting tired yelling at each other. So I think that's what the too loud thing means. Not only that, but it could also be just like really harsh mid-range, having a poorly designed sound system that's chasing people away. And I'm not saying that I've always built the right sound system. I'm saying that I've been that guy where I've been playing dinner music and grandma's got both of her fingers in her ears and she's looking at me like I'm the devil. And I was doing everything that I could to make it less harsh, turning it down, cutting the mid. It was just the wrong system. But I feel like I've got a good system now. I feel like I've got a really good handle on my, uh, my, you know, my settings and my files and a good clean audio chain. And I don't have those problems anymore. Right. And it's those kind of things that I really do feel like make me valuable as a DJ. But I think, I think it's back to the experience issue. Yes. It's knowing going into it. I would mm -hmm. say within a sentence of meeting somebody, my, my goal is to play the right kind of music for you and your group. Not so loud that grandma and mom can't talk 10 feet off the dance floor blah 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 blah. keep going going hey yeah, do you yeah. guys have any questions for me um either no you've answered them all or yeah um we're really worried we went to a wedding and it was so loud i'm like yeah remember when we first sat down i mentioned oh wait no no no. that's right you said it's not going to be too loud no i right. said i could make it loud but <laughs> i would have to bring more gear why would i want to work harder to do the job <laughs> i want to do well and do it worse and they kind now, of headroom is your like, friend though Oh, I'm like, 
it's it's not about me. I'm there to help tell a story right. through song about you. Now, if full, it was about yeah. me, if you said, Jay, it's your wedding, play what you want, I would play Cascade and Dead Mouse all night and people would leave. But it's not my wedding. I have a wedding oh, coming yeah. up this weekend. You know what dinner music is? Dirty Bird and House. You know why? Because the bride and groom have a Dirty Bird tattoo. And they disclose this to me, and I'm going to put together the best playlist of what's dinner appropriate, hmm. but housey Dirty Bird, because it's their wedding. And in 20 years, they can tell their kids or somebody, oh, our wedding? We were playing this at our wedding during dinner. Now, I, I want to just say that go, going back to what we were talking about with, with the volumes and not being too loud. Um, now, most of the time, I'm allowing for some headroom there. And, and the reason I'm allowing so. for the headroom. No, okay, before I even get into this, and I was trying to bank all this stuff while you were talking. Jay typically is doing what? Two and a half, three hour events. For dancing or for the whole event? No, my well, events are all six hours. Okay, your dancing like four portion. A dancing your... portion is like at the most three hours. Normally, it's between two and a half and an hour and forty-five, two hours. Yeah. So let's let's say average two hours. Is that fair? Um. Yeah. Two and a half, actually. Two okay. Because they're two and a half hours. Thirty over yeah. at ten in a yep. residential area with sound restrictions. Yes. Outdoors. Yep. I'm usually doing something closer to five hours of dancing, just because of the way things work out. Maybe four and a half, maybe four, but more, significantly more on the average. Right. Than I am. And I'm doing them indoors because I'm in Wisconsin and it's cold outside. You know, we're, we're getting ceremonies outside, but usually indoors for the events because if it's not the heat in the summertime, it's the mosquitoes and the humidity. But anyway, my events typically go, typically go longer. Sometimes I'll hold the whole crowd all night. All right. So sometimes. If I start with 150 people, I'll end with 150 people. Jay normally starts with 150 or whatever it is, 100 people and ends with 100 people because it's not that long. It's not that late. I'm going to midnight. Right. I'm going to lose. I'm usually going to lose some people. Oh, Most yeah. of the time I lose some people, especially and, and I'm not going to be that guy. I don't end every event with the same number I had. Like there are events well, that end perfect with 25. It's pretty close. Though. No, it's, it's close. very close because it's not that long. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I've only been on the venue for seven hours. It's not that long of a day. Your people are showing up at what? Uh, three o'clock, two o'clock, and they're there yeah, till midnight. I right. mean, you're going on a 10 hour day is a long Yeah. Day. And not only that, but if there's any older folks there who want to attend church on Sunday, I mean, they got to go because church, it's not because they're not having fun. Right. You didn't chase them out of the room. No. What I was getting at is, and what I was trying to give this long explanation for just to kind of set the stage. I will turn music up late later in the evening. Yeah. I will do that. I, I will make it louder than I normally would because I've lost that chatty group. And now I've got sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I'm left with that core Brian Groom Pier crowd. Right. And they want to hear call on me and they want to hear yeah. whatever. And I will turn it up and yeah. it's fine. But during the family portion of the evening if we want to call it that when everyone's there when grandma and grandpa are there and your neighbors are there and your your aunts and all that stuff the older folk are there it's conversation levels out there but i've got enough headroom in my system usually for most of the events that i do i've got enough headroom where i can crank it up and make it loud yeah i got a few db i can play with well so. and that's and i think that's a lot of it is it's difficult and it's still a challenge for me at times where I'm standing a little behind my speakers. Mm -hmm. Now with the Evolve 50s, I find it easier. Yeah. The other night I actually used the JBL PRX 615s. I've used them at this venue that I worked the other night, probably, oh man, I got them in 2010. Yeah. And I've probably done 80 weddings there over that 12 year span, maybe right. 100 weddings. They've heard the speakers, but for some reason the other night with the same board I used the last two years at 7.30, dance floors packed and they're complaining there's too much bass, the venue. So I had to keep turning down to the point where the bass was turned down to like seven o'clock. Like I literally was pushing no bass. 
And I never even went to a yellow light. I stayed in the green all night. Venue had a problem with the sounds. For some Did reason. you change your DSP settings? No, I didn't use the um, evolves. I used the there's no oh, DSP oh, oh. on yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But I guess I just forgot how loud they are. Now, <laughs> right. I now I will admit I had the JBLs full open. Oh well, that'll do it. Yeah. Normally, I think I maybe ran them at three o'clock, not six o'clock. Mm. But regardless, I was I didn't argue, but I did kind of get a little like, come on, guys, it's seven thirty. We have a ten o'clock noise variance, and it's early, right. and you know, and they're like. Then they disclosed, well, the owner of the house that's 200 feet away said I was rocking the house. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I may have slipped with, well, like the reason that the house is even there is because these people have rented the venue and they want to party. Like, but I'll turn it down again. <laughs> you know, and it that was a good example of a wedding where literally the 90-year-old grandparents, the grandfather married them, 90 years old. and Which, by the way, is very night. cool. It's very cool it to do that. I think and it's, it's a, cooler it's when it's family. Trend. Yeah. When but it's you got to have. That, you know, you think is cool. Don't, yeah. don't. No, they forget everything. They it screw their on their phone. Well, it's who, if you want to do your, there are no rules. Do you? There's no rule. I tell everybody that there's no rules. And the other thing that I do uh, when, when there's a wedding ceremony, I'll just get this out real quick, is that I don't tell people how to do things. I try to take what they've planned to do and help them out with a few tips. Absolutely. I, I don't try to run it. I'm not in there being this wedding diva, you know, where yeah. I'm like, you got to do it like this. And that's not done like that. Okay. You want to do it like that? Cool. No, maybe like this will be cool. Oh, that's a yeah. great idea. So I'm there to be helpful. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not the athlete here. I'm the coach. And that's what I yeah. tell all my clients. hundred percent. But the reason Jay and I are talking about all this stuff, going back to the money thing is this is why, I feel like anyway, I can command the cash that I command. Granted, my sound system is quality and it sounds good and it doesn't hurt anybody's ears and it's tuned well, but I'm not using the most expensive stuff known to man. It's not because I have the most expensive equipment or I have the biggest rig. It's because I know what to do with it. Right. And I've got the experience that anybody who just, you know, I mean, it'd be kind of like if you wanted to be a mechanic, if you went out and just bought all the tools off of the snap on truck and had this really cool new shiny toolbox, you say, Hey, I'm a mechanic. Oh, you must be the best mechanic. Look at that toolbox. Yeah. Look at all those tools. Thing. Yeah. Well, I've never wrenched on a car in my life, but I just bought this stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. You got the tools. You should be good. It, it's, it's, knowing how, it's knowing how to use those tools. You've got to know how to use the yeah, tools. No, you it's got exactly your them. point. And it's the same with gear. I mean, yeah. I'm very fortunate. I've been around a certain manufacturer over the years. So I've gotten to talk to engineers and product planners and learn more, talking mm. to you about audio, talking to Pulse about audio, sure. learn things and reach out to different companies and, yeah. and really get it together. One of the things you were talking about just a second ago that I really wanted to add in. Yes, sir. Um, and you said this, do you, the trend, having their friends do it. One of the things I'm very proud to be able to say, and you could do it too for about 25 bucks. You. <laughs> I, I, I won't. You won't, I won't do it. You could. And I did this in 2004 in an emergency because I used to be the director of entertainment for a yacht company. Uh -huh. And there was problems with some of the days people getting married. The captain would marry them on the boat in the bay. But if we got hit with a big wake, the captain would run up front to grab the wheel. So we decided to say, here's the new arrangement. The captain will marry you on the dock or out in the bay but if he can't complete the ceremony the dj me who is ordained will now run up and finish the ceremony are yeah. you okay with that and all the clients said sure so when i quit the job i kept my ordination and i had an emergency wedding in 2004 where the officiant didn't show up and i was asked by the bride's ex-marine six foot six 400 pounds of muscle and pissed off dad to marry them. And I did. So I tell every client, who's the officiant? Oh, it's our friend, uh, Terry. He's flying in the day before. Okay. Well, if it's Terry's first wedding, yeah, he just got ordained online. Great. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go over things with him. I'll help him out any way I can. But just so you understand, I'm getting up that morning 
I'm hanging out with my wife and kids. I'm having my kombucha. I'm doing my thing. And then I'm coming directly to you. I'll be there probably about 1, 1 Yeah. If Terry doesn't show up, just so you know, I'm going to step in if needed and I'll marry you because I've been ordained for 20 years. And they just go like, oh my God, are you serious? I'm like, it's just a little security thing. I don't want to be your officiant. <laughs> but, but I can, yeah. But I can. Right. That again, this is part of the experience. It's yeah. part of the, and if you're a new DJ, whatever, I don't care how long you've been a DJ, that's a tool in my toolbox that believe it or not, very few DJs and other people have. If I was a photographer at weddings, I'd get ordained for 25 bucks and be able to go, hey, if, if you need it, I can sign the license. And that's what separates Pastor Jay from Heathen BSR. Yes. Yeah. And I can yeah. change. Because I won't do that. Orange. I just, I just can't. And orange. I can't in any good conscience do that. It, no, I, I'm not. I, I, and I've made no secret of this. I don't like weddings. I do them because I get paid to do them. I'm raising but I don't my prices, like them. but I don't like them. I'd rather not. And in fact, I told my I'm my surprised client, you didn't raise your price 300% just so nobody books you. I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about charging 10 like 10 grand for ceremony. Yeah. You and know, no one will hire me. That's perfect. Yeah, no one will hire me. I won't have to do it. I know DJs that charge 450 for a ceremony. Sure. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. They're like, dude, I don't want to do it. So I've just made it so cost prohibitive. Clients get like strings and they rent a PA and all Wait that. a minute, $450? For one hour. Right. The, in my market, that's yeah. astronomically high. Okay, Again, in my market? Markets are different. I told you I'm not going to talk about price. I'm not going to talk about price, but I'm going to say that's not out of hand. Just for the one hour ceremony? Yep. Same, same size? There's too different? much on the line. Oh, there's, there's a ton on the line. There's too much on the line to not charge that. If you want to pay $250 for a wedding ceremony, yeah, you better call someone else because I ain't doing it. It's not enough. The pressure is on me for all the cues, for all the directing, right. for all the back-end support. If, if it's we could on get, me. Right. It's going to no, cost 100%. this. If yeah. we could get together, if all of us could just somehow get together and form an alliance, a union, whatever you want to call it, of wedding professional DJs and come to an understanding of our value and our price. If we agreed that we're worth $500 an hour, just as an arbitrary number, just a number. Yeah. I'll do one better. A thousand. Again, again, we're, we're arbitrarily picking a number then because everyone's number is going to be different depending on geographical location. But you'll see, but you'll see the point of the arbitrary number. The arbitrary number becomes the standard, meaning that after three phone calls the next morning, a bride and groom will understand that this is what they have to pay. It's, I, now, I, I you just that... have to live up to that. No, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not utopian. It's not a you know, thing that's ever going to happen. It's not but price it, fixing. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> if, if you all agree that you're delivering these standards yeah, like if well, i go to there's five mechanic shops next to each other they're all charging me 148 dollars an hour to work on my car and we both understand if the job takes three hours they're charging three hours the game is to get mechanics that can do it in half an hour because then they can do more work yeah well but that's that's not price fixing because that's the standard price we work in an industry where there is no standardization yeah, the guy that opens for calvin harris makes 400 bucks now well, you're Calvin Harris makes 400,000 bucks. Yeah, I'm just, now, I'm just saying price. No, it's okay. Really it's okay. Get, get your, get your DJ collective together in fantasy land and make that happen. Cause that's what oh. it would take. You know that. I mean, it, it ain't going to happen. Well, and I've brought that up and I've said, why wouldn't you guys all want to collectively get together and bring everyone up to you? So then you could go up more. And there's becomes this sort of, no, I'd rather live in my gated community and hang out with my other gated community guys then deal with the mid, you know, <laughs> the poor trash down the street. I'm like, okay, nice to know that this is all about the <clears throat> love of the job. Well, the, the, my, my only crusade on all of this over the years has been at least get your money back for right. whatever it costs do it you right. to do the event. But at least it, get your money back. Right. What, what you right. pay yourself is not my business. No. But if you're out there DJing and you're losing money every time you go out and perform, there's a problem. There's a little problem there. So at least get your money back for, for what you're doing. That, I hope people listen to that video because I know tons of people that get 500 bucks a gig 
because they have a full-time job and their uh-huh. their attitude is if i do one gig a week that's twenty five thousand dollars i can put that sure. towards this yeah and i can't argue with them about how stupid mm. that is as dumb as i think it is yeah well it, it's everybody's going to do them and, and right. they're only anything i ever say here or on my channel or anything else they're only like ideas and suggestions do you I, we're still friends whatever you do it, yeah but that that's that's advice that's you're not giving the numbers because no one's paying your bills and that's exactly yeah. why i'm not giving my numbers if you want to pay my bills i'll be happy to disclose where the money's buried and their bodies and everything yeah. else but until that point you have to live with your decisions as a business entity and work in your market to the best of your ability and we will always know great djs who don't get paid enough and we will definitely know terrible djs who get overpaid and it always works out in the end i want to urge everybody watching to like and subscribe and leave a comment if you've made it this far we appreciate it it is in my contract but i get to have a cigarette after about an hour yeah it's about an hour so i'm going to put a fork in this sucker yep there we go i'm not going to be here tomorrow night because i'm going to see ministry corrosion of conformity in the melvin tell uncle al that i said hi i will al jorgensen and i will be talking because i have a backstage pass bop 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 yep thanks so much for watching everybody from myself and jay we'll see you next time peace Oh, I have to hit the record button now because he's not here. <laughs> and <laughs> blue for real. <laughs>